Hello, church family. This is part three in our study through uh, Exodus chapter one. You recall on Wednesday, we learned that God is sovereign over the evils that's done by evil men. Pharaoh uh, placed uh, an, uh, basically an order, an edict to go and kill all these little Jewish boys. Uh, and he and it doesn't happen. And um, part of it, the reason why it, uh, it doesn't happen was because one, uh, Israelites were persistent in their work, and then we see the midwives in the second part where uh, they just didn't do it. And, um, and then we're actually going to talk about that, that, that these individuals, these midwives, they essentially committed sin, or uh, depending on how you look at it, either they're very tactful or very sinful, um, but yet they preserve these Jewish boys. But yet God is sovereign even over them, which is our second point. God is sovereign over the evils done by good women or good people or good individuals, however you want to look at it. Um, again, these midwives were, um, you know, they were tasked by Pharaoh to go and kill these babies, and um, they didn't do it. And again, I said on Monday, the re part of the reason why Pharaoh noticed, like, hey, why are there all these little boys here, uh, was because, it's why it took so long, is because, you know, back then they didn't have, like, clothing stores like we do, where, you know, we would give different colors to the particular genders. They all kind of wore the same thing, so people didn't know until they got older, and, and you know, they start, you know, the boys start growing beards and everything else, and then he's like, hey, why are there so many of them? So he summons these two, these two individuals, um, we see them in, in verse 15, uh, named Sapphira and Pua, which is, again, it's kind of cool, because you get to see these two, these are actually Gentiles that are um, are are here uh, listed and it will be forever remembered as essentially the one that saved uh, all these Jews. Um, so they did it because it said that they feared the Lord, that they feared God. Uh, in verse 17, but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. Um, so why did they do that? And I think I, I think I'm, I'm not sure if I, I said it, but. I think that these ladies, just because they did this and they said they feared God, it's not necessarily Yahweh per se. Um, they just feared God because in their mind and thinking that they know that they have definitely what we would call theologians call a God sense. Like they they believed in God. They they may not know the right God. They're more like an agnostic or a polytheistic, uh, but they feared God um, and they didn't know which one. And they but they feared like okay, we're gonna have to give an account to God for for killing these babies. So. Even though they may not have worshipped the right God, they at least um, understood the morality behind it. And Romans chapter 1 tells us that the law is written in our hearts, uh, that we know right and wrong because God placed it there. And these midwives understood that. They understood the killing of these little babies are wrong, so they did not do it. So some time has passed, and then they, uh, they were summoned by the king. They asked, why have you done this thing and let the boys live? And then their response here is that because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwives can get to them. So it could mean that they, this could be true, or it could be half true, and that like, oh, well, we would have gotten there, but then they give birth and they would leave, and so we didn't get a chance to like, you know, you know wash these kids or, or anything like that, and that could be true, or it could be that when they're giving birth, uh, the midwives say, oh, they see the baby about to come, they just leave, and they kind of like let them do their own thing, and then when they came back, they just so happened to be gone. Or it could be that they're lying altogether. Either way, they chose to not listen to uh, Pharaoh. Um, and then and later on, it says that, uh, so God was good to the midwives, and people multiplied and became very mighty. So these individuals, um, these two wives, they, these midwives, they, they, they got children. And, and, that, and in that culture, having children is just means that you, your line will get to continue, you have stability, because when you're older, someone can take care of you. 
So it was a big deal that they have kids, and God honored them uh, for what they did. And it says, verse 20, because the midwives feared God and he established household for them. Um, so the question is, why? Why were they still blessed even though they committed a sin or they're very tactful about this? Well, it's because it said they feared God. Again, they weren't sure uh, who, at least I hold the view that they're not, they're, it's not like these are Yahweh worshipers, but that they feared God. They understood in, in just in general principle that what, they, what was going on was morally wrong. Uh, there was blessing uh, for them, uh, for, for, to them uh, because they protected them. And we even see this back in Genesis 12. When God made that blessing, that covenant promise with Abraham, he said the same thing, that uh, whoever blesses you, I will bless. Whoever curse you, I will curse. And we see this play out here in the beginning of Exodus, that these ladies uh, would be blessed by God because of um, protecting, sparing these Jewish boys. And Pharaoh and Egypt as a whole will eventually be cursed because they were um, giving, giving a burden to God's people. And that's the first reason, is that because they feared God. And the second is just simply because they received God's grace. You know, it said the in verse 20, so God was good. Um, this is God's grace. Even though they, they, these individuals failed morally, God was still good uh, to them. Uh, we, you know, we see this in uh, Rahab and uh, in Joshua. Uh, same idea, like these people. Uh, well, I think Rahab had a better understanding of who Yahweh was because she heard about what happened here in the book of Exodus, how, uh, the, how Yahweh destroyed uh, Pharaoh and his army. So what, how, how do we apply this if we look at the situation? Does this mean that we need to go and be like the midwives and just like do, are we tasked um, like the midwives to go and commit some sort of sin order if it means uh, doing something that's seemingly right? Um, so this is going to be a long discussion in some ways. I'm going to try to use a few minutes to describe two things. Uh, this is called situational ethics versus absolute ethics. Uh, theologians and Christians have hold to different views. Um, situational ethics just means that, like, okay, uh, whatever moral situation is, you want to do the one that causes less, uh, that you do the lesser sin, um, uh, even if it means, if you choose between, like, you know, lesser of two evils, that's kind of what situational ethics is. Like, you do sin A or sin B, but you choose the one that has the least amount of sin or the least uh, effect or the one that you think will benefit the most even if it isn't that's like situational ethics so it's not about uh, um, you know every scenario has a right and wrong but just uh, based on whatever uh, even if it is sin then you choose the one that has less of effect in terms of what you think is, is relatively speaking better that's the situation ethics. The other is absolute ethics. Absolute ethics is, is the extreme, the other extreme, where they said, like, in every situation, uh, there is always a morally right thing to do, and then there's always things that are wrong. So if you're um, given the situation of being sin or don't sin, you always choose the not sin route. Um, so usually this type of scenario, both of these are always tested in, this, in that scenario of, like, the Jews and and the Holocaust, you know, if you were in Nazi Germany and then some uh, Jewish person or some Nazi came to you and said, hey, are you hiding Jews? And if you're hiding Jews, you say no. Um, well, that's situational ethics. And absolute ethics would be like, I, I am hiding Jews. And if you want to uh, take him, then you take all of us. That's that's absolute ethic uh, that you do. You always do the right thing, no matter what the circumstance calls for. And again, I understand both views and I understand that uh, some people hold to one or the other. I personally hold to the more of the absolute ethics, mainly because in the New Testament, Jesus tells people that there will always be a way out of temptation, uh, that there is not, there, there are always going to be a moment the Lord will provide a way for you to be under uh, the submission, uh, under, um, you know, submitting to the Lord, and even if it means uh, things might be hard for you.
Um, and I think the reason why, uh, and, but no matter where you, you hold, whatever, um, you are going to find moments in your life where you will make a mistake um, or, or maybe even choose the, the situation ethics where you sin so that you can um, you know, get away with something. Um, or maybe you think you're an absolute ethic and, you, and there are those moments where you see the escape and you fail to do so. And, and this really applies to us in this day and age because in light of all of COVID, we can objectively say that we as a church are making the best decisions that we can, but we don't know in the long run whether or not it is the best decision. You know, we have to, like, hindsight is perfect. It's 2020, right? We look back in our life and we can see, okay, yeah, this was a better decision, uh, but at the time we might not have made the, the best call or we might have made the best call and we don't know. It only, only time can tell when... Uh, if the decision we make today will be uh, something that's ultimately pleasing to the Lord or not. But we understand that no matter what happens, that God is sovereign over that as well. Um, none of us are completely certain how things will play out. And we do our best at the moment, uh, you know, using the scripture as our, as, the, as our base to decide and make decisions uh, in our own lives. Um, I know some, there, there's, in the last, last year, there was things from like, you know, COVID uh, vaccine decisions to, you know, all of these social movements. And then you know, people were on one side or the other and people think in these extremes as if uh, there's no room for error. Um, but God is gracious in that way. God is always gracious. You can make the best decision now, which you look back and say, OK, that was not the best decision. Uh, and you can see that God could still use your bad decisions ultimately for his good, uh, for his glory and for your good. Um, all of us have made mistakes, but yet those mistakes are somehow uh, brought us to the point where we are here today. Um, I know a lot of, and, I, and I, I'm pretty certain some of you are the same way, that you've made a lot of t poor decisions in your life, but yet God used all your poor decisions so that you can actually come to saving faith. Uh, all your uh, decisions, that poor or sinful decisions you have made, made you aware of the gospel in the moment for your salvation. And, that's, uh, and, and that shows you how God is sovereign even over the sinfulness of good people or, um, or even mistakes. We don't know um, what the future holds. Well, we can only do our best uh, to faithfully live out what the Bible teaches us. Um, but uh, they should just call for us not to worry. We want to be faithful and be like the Bereans and know what Scripture has to say and not have our minds renewed, but understand that even if you make a decision, that uh, one day is, you realize it's a wrong decision or in a moment of um, folly, you fall into sin. Yeah, like yeah, those things are bad, uh, but God is still gracious and he can still bless you through the poor decisions that you make in your life. Um, and, and, I, and I want to draw that, uh, and I want you to remember that, that God is sovereign. That like I think for most of us today, we're so caught up in wanting to make the right decision that we end up making no decision. Uh, but no, that's not how you live life. You live life um, just operating off of what the, the best decision and a lot of prayer, thinking through biblical principles. And then once you make a decision, uh, you trust that God is ultimately going to be honored for it. Um, if your will is to honor the Lord and you, and you apply God's uh, word into your life faithfully, your desires will align with the Lord and you will have opportunities to live that out. But in the moments that you fail, that there is still grace. Just understand that, uh, that there, you can still make a mistake. Uh, at, the, at doing the best that you can, and God can still use it ultimately for His ends, and you'll you'll mature to be more Christ-like through it. So that's the lesson for today and for this whole week. Really, is that God is sovereign over the works of evil men, uh, that when they do evil, and God is sovereign over the evils 
of good individuals when they make mistakes or when they do things that are seemingly uh, not pleasing to the Lord. So that's how we harmonize this. Understand that humans make mistakes, but God is doesn't make any mistakes. That humans uh, fall and make and makes do sinful actions, but everything that God does is good. Um, and we don't know. We will never know definitively at the moment what the outcomes will be. But as long as you trust in God's sovereignty and you're faithful to the Lord, whatever decisions you make, maybe down the line when you're more mature and you look back in hindsight, you can still thank and praise the Lord knowing that God um, is sovereign over all things in every circumstance in life. And again, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, I think it was 1 Corinthians 12 or 2 Corinthians, uh, where it talks about how we look at a, uh, a mirror dimly, uh, through a window a mirror dimly. That's kind of like how life is we won't fully know until we enter into glory we can look back and we can praise the lord and how he can masterfully weave every good and bad decision for his glory and for our good that's our lesson today thanks for listening take care have a good weekend